0: When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go-go-go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps, but in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps and that is what makes life interesting. Hey everyone! I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps, and today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Mara. Some may know you. Some may. Some of you may know her as Maddie's mom, um, and she has a very unique story that maybe some of you have heard, but I bet you a lot of you haven't. So I'm very excited to have her on and share some of her speed bumps and some of Maddie's speed bumps. How you doing today, Mara?
1: I'm good. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So, like I told you before, hit record. I ask, Mm -hmm. one of the first things I ask people is tell me two things that you love about yourself or two of your favorite things about yourself, just so we can start off on a good high vibing note.
1: Okay. So one of the first things I would say that um, is a good quality about me is I don't get mad easy. So for me, um, I'm pretty level-headed. And so I don't tend to fly off the handle because I think that when you do, you tend to say or do things that
2: you regret later.
1: And so pretty much my whole life, I've been very even keel. So when I am mad, y'all would know. (laughs) And (laughs) y'all better watch out, right? See ya. So I think that's one of the things. Um, And I think the other thing I love about myself is that I was raised in a really rough, um, awful environment. And I've never thought of myself as a victim. I've always thought of myself as a champion. And... um, that means that I can now fall asleep anywhere because we were homeless at a time. So I can sleep anywhere. I um, basically can get through anything and nothing really phases me. Kind of goes back to the, I don't get angry, yeah. but it's yeah. sort of a similar thing where typically nothing phases me. I can, I don't get scared. I don't feel fear. It's, it's an odd thing, but it's, um, I think it's benefited me. Great. And I'm going to do three.
0: Okay. Yeah. Three. Yeah. I love three. that. Yeah. yeah. I am super
1: freaking creative. I can see something and I can make it.
0: I love that. What's your favorite thing to make that that you have made? I've seen some of the things on Instagram. What's the favorite thing that you've made?
1: Um, Funny. And one of them is, has nothing to do with, with what you see on Instagram. Um, Years ago, I worked for a scrapbook company and um, they made scrapbook paper and um, it was their anniversary. And I took, the pylons that you would, it's the round circle uh, cement pylon. Um, mm-hmm. that you would pour cement in so that, you know, the circles of the pylons would be huge, right? Yeah. But I took the blank cardboard pylons, three graduating sizes, and I made a 12-foot cake out of paper. And I die-cut scallops and I made what looked like a real cake, birthday cake, 12 feet tall out of paper. And that was pretty freaking cool.
2: That, that was like a cool. showstopper
1: for a trade show. So it was really cool. And like the flower, I made flowers are like eight inches that go all around. Look like the frosting and just, and it was all of the paper from all of my um, colleagues that were artists. So you could see different bits and pieces of all of us in this cake.
0: I love it. How but, long did that take you to make?
1: Uh, probably two weeks maybe. And my daughter, my older daughters were in high school. So I would have their friends come over and help die cuts so crank in this paper cut machine and helping me do it. So That and the football team, and my (laughs) team. So I had help. That's awesome. (laughs) We had everybody involved. Yeah, and I think it was one of those things where it had a great purpose, obviously. And then it would fold inside itself. And I drove it out to Vegas, which was pretty fun. So it was at a Vegas trade show. Um, What was fun was having teenagers get into the process of being creative with me. And seeing how much people just love being creative and it's super healing, which kind of goes into our story. It's a very important part of coping skills. And I think that's why I'm pretty low key is I've always been creating. And so I think that has been my therapy. Um, I have spoken to someone once or twice, but in reality, that act of making is hugely healing. So that kind of leads you to why I am who I am
0: a little bit. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, Get cat like I said, once yeah, you hang life out. happens and that was my cat, um, <laughs> uh, apologies sidetracked for a second. No so you said you made a comment of, um, you know, being creative and that's kind of on your outlet or your therapy and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I know your story, but for those who don't know your story, Why might you need this creative outlet? Hmm. Um, (laughs) hmm. I need it every day now. So now
1: my creative outlet, um, I'll tell people really fast what I do. So I make um, jewelry and household gifts out of repurposed silverware, leather, and some other um, metal items. Um, It was intended to um, pay for my daughter's undergrad at Chapman University.
2: Okay. Um,
1: So I have a daughter named Maddie that, that, Many people on Instagram or in the world know um, she was a pre-med student. She graduated top of the class. She wanted to be a neonatal physician. Um, during COVID, she was volunteering under the COPE Health Scholars. So while other volunteers had been sent home, my overachieving child was volunteering um, on the labor and delivery and mother baby floor and then also the COVID unit. Oh, wow. And so she, she, um, school, um, university had sent her home. And so there was nothing else to do. I mean, everything's closed, but the hospitals, course she started. So, um, she did a lot of volunteering and really felt like she was, you know, lending a hand and the nurses and stuff were getting so tired and the whole bit, so she really felt like she was a huge part of yeah, what was happening. So, um, that said, she was offered, um, to be vaccinated very early on. So way be- before her age would have been given the shots and she was offered it in, um, made the appointments in December, but had her shots in January and February of 2021 um, of 2021. Okay. And at the time she was 20 and she, um, basically the first one made her really tired and, um, a little bit, little kind of a little funky feeling, but if you looked it up, quote unquote, that is exactly how you should feel, you know, <laughs> possibly. So we didn't think anything. And then the next one, um, she got a very high fever of 104 for several days. And um, at the same time, she also had some serious fatigue and such. And all the, all the side effects that she was having at that point, you could also find if you looked them up. And, um, that said, um, it made it, meh, maybe it's okay. It's just like everybody else, but you're a little bit more stronger than most people.
0: I'm, and this was, and this was for the Lyser, right? The Pfizer Lizer. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We, Mod- yes. Yeah. Cause Moderna also has two, two parts, but, um, I don't know if the Moderna was available for the, Health care early workers at the same time as Pfizer was, I think it was I don't remember, but I'm not positive I'm not I was positive. also offered it okay, so um I think it was,
1: but um I think the hospital only used her hospital only used Pfizer okay okay so we it wasn't as if she was given a choice so i you might be right i, I would have to you know what that's a really interesting thing because I'd like to look I might look that up. Because good thing you're not showing this video. <laughs> now, I'm, <laughs> now I'm in a quiet space. Um, the the second one, what we she did notice and what she did say that was a little bit different was she had this fever, like I said, mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. mentioned before, yep. a few yep. days, and then she also felt her brain. So she got a weird headache, and she felt it, and and I didn't quite understand. Maddie has sometimes a tendency to. Dramatize something. She's the youngest, so she's always had to speak the loudest and do the most, and whatever. So sometimes I'm like, hmm, and she's like, No, it's. I can still feel it, and I'm like, Okay, I don't think you should feel your brain. That's weird. But then it went away. That whole thing just kind of faded, and so we were like, hmm. Overreaction a little bit, but you seem okay. That's all right. And then, like a couple days later, she started getting a weird feeling in her hand, her right hand. Um, kind of where are kind of between your wrist, forearm, and hand. I would say it's mm-hmm. kind of like radiating there, but nothing would take the pain away. So if you took Tylenol, Advil, anything you could do over the counter, it wouldn't touch it. And eventually she thought maybe she heard it. So she bought a, a brace while mm-hmm. we t- thought about getting her an appointment to an orthopedic surgeon because might as well go straight to the top. We were lucky enough to have decent insurance that you could pick and choose exactly where you want to go Yep, right away. So, um, fast forward a couple of weeks, pain's getting worse and there's no way of fixing it. And her fingers are starting to go numb. And she's like, this is really weird. And she's studying for finals. Now we're working towards March. Um, it's been a good month of this pain. And so we're like, okay, something's, something's funky. Mm -hmm. And we went to an ortho and he's like, let's go get, um, an MRI. Let's you know. There's, there's definitely. I can feel some inflammation. There's something is not right, and he thinks that because. Um, and as as usual, they're explaining everything away, right? So he thinks that. I'm gonna close my door. He thinks that. Well, wait a second. He thinks maybe she's one of the youngest people that he's seen that has carpal tunnel. Wouldn't be too strange because she's always been an over been on a computer since she was a tiny little twerp. And maybe because when you're growing, we don't really know what devices have done to children really because of all of that. So it could be, and that's his like out of the box theory, super nice guy, really trying to like figure out what the heck is wrong with my kid. And, um, but now he, cause he says that explains it, but she was like, Pre-med, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, that would explain certain fingers being numb, but that doesn't explain my palm of my hand and the rest of my fingers being numb. And he's like, wait, you didn't tell me they changed since the last visit. And she's like, Yeah, and also my elbow and it's going up to my shoulder. And he's like, hmm. Okay. So now we send you to a um nerve study specialist. Yeah. I've had those. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So for people that don't, I do think that people need to understand what these injured people go through that have the neuro issues. A nerve study is where you go see a specialist. And the idea behind a nerve study is to find where the blockage is in your nerve. And maybe that's why the pain is being caused, which sounds fabulous in theory, until they bring you into the room and they put these electrodes um, on either side of the area that might be hurting specifically the lower part. And so since then this issue has gone up to her shoulder. Now they have a lot of um, electrodes on her hands and her forearms, and they're going to, to stimulate it with electricity. So imagine being electrically shocked on purpose and the shocks aren't just these tiny little cute things. These are things that will throw you into pain where you feel like you're going to throw up. I mean, it's, it's that kind of pain and I didn't tell her ahead of time that that was what it was going to be. I knew what it was, but she gets very high anxiety about weird shit that she doesn't know about. So I'm like, we're just going to go, we're going to do this. And um, uh, anyhow, we got there and the doctor was doing, you know, like they do this test and I don't know what this one's called. Do you know? So this they're is? like
0: touching for the viewer or for the audio listeners. She's like touching her index finger to her thumb and then her middle finger to her thumb and just seeing me, uh, flexibility in the ability for you to able to go back and forth and do it quickly, Right.
1: Right. And so like, I thought they were like checking motor skills, which were really off on the right hand, totally fine on the other one, mostly fine on the other one. Um, So yes, she's, that's exactly right. And then she moved down to her feet and she would lift her feet and drop her feet, lift her feet and drop her feet. And she must've done that about 10 to 15 times, which is weird. A couple times makes sense. And she says, and I quote, this test is bullshit. And what lo- I'm like, wait a minute. First of all, doctors don't swear. They just, they don't.
0: No, and the last,
1: never. And the last time a doctor sweared while I was in the room doing this exact same thing to my ex-husband, he had to have emergency surgery to save his life. So I knew something is not right. Yeah. And I was like, okay what's wrong and she's like well i'm not really in the position to tell you and <laughs> i'm like what's happening why are you even saying this she goes the test we're going to do your test you know we hadn't finished it yet we're going to do it but it's not it's going to be fine there's nothing's going to be wrong and maddie's like well there's something wrong with my arm and the, lady, the the doctor says there is nothing wrong with your arm that is not your problem there is something but that's not the issue the issue's in your brain you need a full neural workup a s a p and suffice it to say, we both were completely silent, Maddie was crying because she's the pain thing is coming through here, and all both of our heads went to the places you can't imagine, so we thought that it went to you know like there was maybe she had a brain tumor or maybe she had we couldn't figure it out like what what are you happening and mind you, people are asking us. The different doctors that we've seen are asking if Maddie's been um, vaccinated, and with which which one. But the conversation never goes past there, and so we're thinking that conversation is happening mostly for safety because of COVID, because of whatever. Um, or me, you know, maybe they're going to say suggest it, whatever. But the conversation never goes any farther, which I always find it hindsight. <laughs> I find it interesting.
0: Did a doctor you know. ever uh, do a bears report?
1: Um, I ended up having to do it myself which is another funny story. Yeah. All right. Continue get back to that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, suffice it to say, we went through the nerve study, Maddie almost passed out. We left, we went home longest drive home ever, because now we know something is seriously wrong. And, um, we're working towards the end of April because every doctor's appointment takes forever to get to yep. because of COVID. Um, so we're literally almost, um, Gosh, we're not even in the end of April. We're we're all the way into May now. This has taken so damn long. And the pain is every single day excruciating. Nothing to fix it. Um, that day that she said that we went home and basically lost our marbles. Um, She went to bed. She woke up the following morning and said, hey, mom, my knees are numb. And I was like, what? And she's like, it might be psychosomatic because the nurse freaked, I mean, not nurse, doctor freaked me out yesterday, and maybe. And she's like, I don't know. They just feel heavy and just weird, like really weird. By the end of the day, she couldn't flex her feet without thinking about it. And um, she had taken off to go do an errand and called me and said, I, I'm coming home, but I don't think I can drive anymore. And she said that because she couldn't control her feet pushing down on the pedal was like had to think, and flexing up had to think. Can't drive if you can't control your feet. Yeah. So, um, needless to say, she didn't put herself behind the wheel from her own. Like can't do it. Yeah. Um. By the later of that same day, um, I would say around five o'clock, she said, "Now both her feet were numb." Um. So we went straight to the hospital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's like yeah. very. It's a very quick progression.
1: Oh, that's a very, and it's really progression. such, such weirdness. And the, so now we have the super pain on the one right side, the numbness are both. It was both affecting both feet, the right more than the other, but definitely both go to the hospital, do CAT scan, do all these fabulous things. And she's perfectly clear. Nothing's wrong. And so they said, Hey, you can spend the night if you're nervous or go home. And we're going to set you up with the neuro appointment. First thing in the morning, went home neuro. First thing in the morning, we see Dr. And he says, within five minutes of seeing her, I think you have MS. So we went from brain tumor the day before to MS today. And, and my daughter face drops again. And she's like, so you're telling me my nerve endings are demyelinating? You're telling me that eventually I'll never walk again? Like, she's got this, like, my life is over. I'm trying to be a doctor here. <laughs>
0: yeah. and, and, and for those who don't know, demyel- d Myelinating basically just means the nerve endings are disintegrating and, uh, the electricity that runs up and down your nerves isn't able to connect properly. So you will eventually lose function of your hands and your feet. Um, you could lose your bowels, things like that. Like, cause your nerves control everything.
1: Right. So my pre-med student is thinking all of what you just said and literally not. Okay. So, um, we're told that you need a, she needs a full neural workup and we're like, no shit.
0: Yeah. I think we heard so. that before.
1: Yeah, we heard that like 20, 36 hours ago. So um, with insurance, they say this is not emergent. It's urgent. So we'll get you in as soon as possible. But if anything changes, go straight to ER um, and take care of it that way. Well, that night, things are changing a little bit. My middle daughter slept with her with her hand on Maddie's back. So because we were afraid, as the numbness is now moving in her chest and her back, that maybe would stop breathing. Maybe, mm-hmm. her, I mean, we didn't know. We had yeah. no idea what's going on. That's the same time when I'm like, what is going on? Like, what? Right? Yeah. Nothing makes sense. And Maddie texts, texts me, like, it's nobody's business. Every change, everything, every weird feeling. And so I started scrolling. Back. And I realized that all this started from the visor. Sorry. Pie monster.
0: Oh, no, no, you can say whatever word. You're not censored here. Uh, You're good.
1: Okay. (laughs) So, all started from that. And so, I printed out these um, black and white images of a human body, like an outline. And I started going and filling in every time, everywhere with a highlighter where there was a symptom, the date, if it was pain, one to 10, just. Everything. And as you flip the pages, it was every day, and this things move through her body like whack a mole. And I'm watching it as I'm flipping pages. And so now I have a pretty good idea what's going on, but not 100% sure yet, but I'm thinking about it like
0: mm-hmm. something's up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We in the morning, she feels 10 times worse. This is now one side of her body is getting swollen, and we go to the ER early, early in the morning so that we can be no waiting, you know, or whatever they, we handed the, the orders from Dr. Al. He was the head neuro for the hospital we went to. So they responded quite quickly. Um, she had eight MRIs with contrast without big problem. Contrast is no bueno, especially with the issue she's having on. And it's becoming quite apparent that Many, parent, many patients who are many vaccine injured, who have neuro issues, who have the contrast, their um, issues are basically made worse. It doesn't, It somehow, I don't, maybe you know more about gladominium than I do, but it's not a good thing for your body. Yeah. Let's so, just I,
0: yeah so I actually have an anaphylactic response to contrast eye um, yeah. when they went to go do a brain MRI on me. Uh. and gadolinium for those who don't know is basically a heavy metal that is used to do this MRI. It's not like a heavy metal that is going to, you know, cause MRIs are magnets. It's not like going to suck stuck, uh, be sucked out of your brain or anything, but it makes your brain light up in really intense ways or other parts of your body, which is really great if you're trying to get a very specific image. But, um, there was a celebrity, his wife ended up Having some like issues with it, and uh, it was like Chuck Norris's wife, I think, and she remember. had some serious issues with this contrast dye. And uh, ironically enough, that you say that uh, there is now a contrast shortage.
1: Hmm, gee, I wonder why. And and I cannot say it enough to people that you don't half, even if they tell you that you need to have contrast, you do not have to. Okay. It nope. radiologists want you to do it because it makes their job easier, which is yep. what she was just saying, but that doesn't mean that they can't do their job anyway. Correct. They can. So save yourself. If you're going through any neuro neuropathy, some of that weird shit that's going on, it's not going to help you. It definitely has the possibility of making it worse. Yes. Um, Anyway, so we went through that and all of the MRIs came back normal. Great, that means she didn't have the spots that would show up if you had um, MS, a lot of other issues she didn't have a tumor, yippee, frickin' skippy. But at the same time, what the heck is going on with my child? Because while we're at the hospital, she's getting worse. So it's not getting better. So now they're saying, let's, let's make sure it's not early onset um, MS. We should probably do a lumbar puncture. Oh dear God. And probably do the lumbar puncture also because, you know, she could have had an odd odd onset of um GBS. Or it could be, you know, a weird from Lyme disease. It could be what's not, it could be so many weirdnesses. So while we're already there, let's torture her a little more. So we did. Um the spinal fluid was perfectly clear. Um, which is again a great that that's awesome. That's what you want. Um It took a while for us to get every, all the other information back, but needless to say, everything came back perfectly fine.
0: Yeah. And you're just catch 22 of great. This is clear, but I'm, I don't have any answers and something is still wrong. And you keep telling me all these tests are clear and you don't know how to help me. That doesn't make me feel any better.
1: No, it makes you feel really scared. And at, at this point, we're still not mad at the doctors because we still don't completely grasp. The reality of what's happening because yeah. you are if you're in mama bear mode, I'm trying to figure out how best to make my daughter comfortable yep. because she's she's completely uncomfortable and completely just scared out of her mind. So I'm like in this different mode, and um, every time I try to research anything to do with um, vaccine injury, which I'm starting to think about, you'd look at and you might see something, but the next day you go back and it's gone. Yep. So that's weird, and I kind of was like weird. Like, But not, wow, censorship. It was more, hmm, strange.
0: That's weird. You had had so many other things that you were focused on that that wasn't.
1: Wasn't in the front of my mind. Yep. And then I finally posted in one of the groups that I found her story and it was getting a little bit of traction and then the entire group got taken down. So I never really even got any help out of that. And the help never came from medical professionals. It always came from people who are like, I saw that. I recently saw this or my uncle or whatever. Yeah. and then they ended up sending us home, even though she was having a difficulty walking and the whole bit, because they were at a loss. Okay. I understand the woman, definitely the, the ER doctor was kind of beside herself. She's like, I don't even know what to do with you. <laughs> like, so they gave her gabapentin. They gave her, i um, hoping that that would um, alleviate some of the pain, alleviate some of the stuff. She took that maybe a few days, but it didn't do diddly squat on any level um so now we're in june june we finally decided no matter time how many times we go to the doctor which i'm really cutting it to few we and so at this point she's like f it i don't even want to go back they're not gonna do anything they don't answer anything they can't help me they're nothing um we did have a follow-up with her neurologist um pretty quickly after leaving the hospital and he's also at his wits end and he says Basically, we're going to do some blood work, intense blood work. And he gave her um, orders for 68 different tests, along with um, stool tests and um, urine samples for like 24. I just saw this crazy shit. We did all of it. And basically everything came back clear with the exception of um, flagging for 11 um, autoimmune issues. So immediately we're freaking out because it's flagging for scleroderma, which nobody wants. And just uh, so many things. And so we went straight as fast as I could get us into um, a specialist. And he looked at her and he said, you don't have it. You have none of these. This is a false positive. This happens quite a lot. And he was the first person who said, um, I've been seeing this a lot. And so without saying anything, because now I'm starting to realize doctors can't speak yep. without saying anything, he says, I'm seeing this a lot this year particularly. Hmm. What's well, different this year. Got it. Um, he suggested also, he's like, might not be
0: a very good idea for you.
1: Hmm. Meaning don't get another one.
0: Okay. Um, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like code. Yeah. Because and- the doctors who speak out and you're in California, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, so California is living. the worst. If,
0: if a doctor even, dares to go against, uh, the mainstream narrative, narrative, they they will have their medical license revoked. If they write a medical exemption for a vaccine, they will have their medical license revoked and they will be investigated and they will no longer be able to practice medicine. So the doctors who do want to help are literally having their hands tied.
1: Yeah. So there's no, so this is how he was speaking to us and he would not write anything in a chart. No, no. So, so there's that. Um, so then we leave there, which is, that's freaking great. But again, what's going on still. So now the symptoms are, we're going to run down really fast. This is super fun. So we're going to go down to now she has tremors in her feet and hands. So they go like, so that comes and goes, she has, gets like dystonia where her hands will get stuck yep. or her feet will get stuck. Um, she has one side of her body is so swollen that she can't wear jeans because it doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, she, well,
0: it's okay. You just went off for a second.
1: Sorry, Um, I forgot to turn my phone down. Um, then she will get, um, super sharp pains. She'll also get these weird spasms, which will fling. If she has something in her right hand, completely fling something across her room, such strong spasms. She had zero motor skills in this hand. So no fine motor, no right large hand motor. Again, right. Yep. yep, she's uh, zero strength in m- muscles, both feet and arms. Now this side is starting to get a little weird too, but it never went as bad as the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, she would get headaches, she would get nausea, she would get, um, what do you call it, like super agitated, like mm-hmm. agitated, and then she would get the sweats, and she just there's probably sixty to eighty um, symptoms that were happening all at once at this point in time.
0: What arm did she get the shot in? Left. That's interesting.
1: I, I was going to yeah. guess the
0: right. That's interesting. Yeah, I, everybody guesses right, but it had
1: nothing to do with the right. Um, the, it goes towards the end of the month. Fourth of July came, and uh, we. She had a great day. Like she had a. She looked good. She didn't have hardly any tremors. We had family over. She probably overdid it. The following day, she shoot. She um. Lord have mercy. Uh, the following day, she had a lot of um, just like anxiety—not not anxiety. A lot of like fatigue, but like the kind where you can't get up. Yeah, like you don't move, and coming downstairs is like big deal. And that was another big part of the month of June. Um, then all of a sudden, she started getting the pain that had been in her arms and her legs started showing up in her throat, and she couldn't swallow. And her the pain also started moving across her chest. And it was very t- like tender at first. And then two days after 4th of July, she came downstairs. She said, mom, I think I'm having a heart attack. We got in the car and left. I didn't even call 911. I just left. Yeah. We went to a local hospital here, not the one that she normally goes to. Um, when we went in, this was the first time I said, my daughter is has a uh, vaccine injury from Pfizer and something's going on. Something is weird, blah, 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 blah. They took her straight in, not knowing when it was. They thought it was recent. Not knowing when it was, checked her heart. Everything was peachy. Um, then we went back to, she came back to the room. Your heart's fine. When was the Pfizer shot? Uh, it was in January and February. This is not a vaccine injury. It is. It's not. It is. This has been going on ever since then. The symptoms just keep getting worse. It yeah. can't possibly be. Hmm. It is. I love when I'm doctors gaslight you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's not. Okay. So what do you think it
0: is then? It's GERD. GERD? Yeah, like acid GERD. reflux for people who don't know. It's basically she's saying she has a bad case of acid reflux. I'm like,
1: you're, and we're going to give her some Pepsid.
0: The fuck you are.
1: <laughs> you go, what? And they're like, yes, it's GERD. We're going to give you um, prescription strength acid reflux and just eat. No more spicy food or whatever. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. This is not. My daughter's been able to eat anything her entire life. And you're going to tell me all of a sudden one day she has a GERD? No, you're wrong. And I'm like, we need to get that F bomb out of here. We got to go. You're not helping us. We have to leave. So we left. And my daughter doubled over in the parking lot and we got back in the car. And the crazy mother that I am, we strode straight out to the other hospital that she was volunteering at and went there only to be told it's Gert. <laughs> And They must've thought I was totally nuts because they can see on the chart that we were just at a different hospital earlier that night, which I'm sure did not help in the looking at Maddie because they probably think, Oh, these people are trying to get attention or whatever we're trying to get because we went from one ER to another like crazy people only to be told you, you really have Gerd and here we are. So they gave her a um, uh, cocktail, light king cocktail to try to help the pain and sent us home. Fine on Saturday in the sense she had massive pain, but what are we going to do? Sunday, it was so bad that I was like, we have to go back. We have to try to explain this better. Constantly trying to be a better patient, better advocate, better description, better everything. So we go back. And we have a new doctor who tells us what he thinks after the things. And I'm looking at him funny. And my daughter is like, mom, don't. And he says, I think she has acid reflux. And I'm like, I'm quiet. And he gets all done. What are they going to do? And he goes, mom doesn't look happy. And do you mind if I swear a second?
0: No, no, you can swear. You can do whatever.
1: I'm like, hell fucking no, I'm not happy. I was like, I told, we told you we were just here. You have to see her charts. We've been here, I don't even know how many times this year. So her chart is like a mile long. Yep. There is something really wrong. And this started with Pfizer in February. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how better to show anybody what's happening other than this is not changing. The symptoms are like whack a mole. We can't narrow anything down but she's disintegrating before my eyes and that's when it started and he says we need to get you another room let's talk what so we do why another room um because we were in like a triage room Where okay so like curtains and simple issue yeah okay okay he's like let's go semi-private let's go have a talk and i think the semi-private is because the vaccine thing looking back so We have this long conversation. He looks baffled. Bless his heart, because, and I'm saying this without saying it in the wrong way. Bless his heart, meaning I really gave a shit this time. Um, He did everything he could. She's getting worse. He's like, I I don't know what to do. Oh, finally, someone who says, I don't know. That was the
0: first. Yeah, they put their ego aside and admit when they don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, Maddie's getting worse. She's in so much pain. It's making my heart break. And I made the post on Instagram. I asked her, Can I? I've been videoing. Can I post maybe somebody out there can help us? And, um, I wasn't super aware of how censored things were. I had an idea, but not like to the degree. And, um, I put this post up and it went on my Instagram and she's like, I don't care what you do. Just don't have spelling errors. And I'm like, listen, overachiever. I don't have my glasses. So (laughs) I don't know what it's going to (laughs) say, but I need this, you know, and I basically made this post that said, listen, I'm not anti-vax because I knew this was, it's becoming polarizing, right? We're in okay. July. And, um, I, I don't give a shit what you people do. Yep. You choose it. You don't choose it. I don't care yep. right now. All I care about is finding a way to help my child. Mm-hmm. And I got death threats because yep. I use the word child. And I was told that she should die. It would serve me. I have Munchausen's by proxy. I was told that I was abusive, and I was told that I should be in jail for child abuse. I'm like, excuse me, she's 20. Uh, now she's 21, so that's tough. Um, she did this herself. I'm trying to help her. She's my daughter. She's my child to the day I die. Yeah, like yeah. that's what we call children.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: get out of here. And um, day one, we had around 10,000 people liking, looking, whatever. And by day two, we were getting a a, a notification a second. So 84,660 notifications a day for weeks. And then I realized, holy shit. And I think Instagram never took it down because it was being screenshot so many times and shared so many times. They couldn't have got rid of it if they tried because people then put it into their own bin. And Screenshotted it so that they could, um, you know, share it themselves. Yeah. How do you get rid of that? It's like a prairie fire, right? Yeah. So, Jay, we put that up on a Sunday. By Tuesday, we got a um, notif- uh, Maddie found a notification from a young woman who'd been hurt by Cipro, the antibiotic, and had a lot yeah. of similar reactions that Maddie was having. And she said she had met Dr. Uh, Galili, who basically um, gave her her life back through IV treatments and some naturopathic doctor, his, he's a regenerative medicine specialist, And um, he was on vacation at the time. And so she'd reached out to him and he agreed to come back from his vacation and come in on a Friday. So there was no one in his office when we made our way up to meet him. He's in LA. We live in Huntington. Thank goodness. He was local. And he, we sat down and for the first time he, someone actually talks to you which is amazing.
0: One second. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing when you can you hear some... that. No. Can you hear that? No. Okay. No. It's amazing when you actually have a doctor that can uh, talk with you and have a conversation instead of talking at you, like you're an idiot. Right. And he used to be um, an allopathic doctor. So normal Western medicine yep. until he
1: himself was injured by Cipro. And um, he, through his own discovery of the different protocols he did, the natural medicine, Healed himself, got himself out of the wheelchair, and stopped regular Western medicine and went to regenerative. So here's a doctor who understands both sides very yep. clearly.
0: At any and, point, did they call Maddie a hypochondriac or say it's all in her head? Oh, yes. Because I got told that many, many times. Oh, yes. Yeah. Honey,
1: that's no words. And when I write my book, I'm calling that doctor out on every level.
0: Oh, please I'm do. So, please do. I'm yeah. so
1: done. Hold no bars. he he said to her, um, actually this is, this would be during that time when we were getting the notifications every, every so many Mm -hmm. seconds, we had actually went to, um, a neurologist, same guy to have those blood tests look at. Mm -hmm. And he said to her after looking at everything goes with all due respect, um, did you have a recent breakup with a boyfriend? The stress from that is probably what this is. And he, and she was like, no. And then she had a bruise on her arm and he goes, are you sure? Is there something we need to talk about? And she's like, um, that's from an IV from being in the hospital. And then he told her to take her mask down to see if there was any on her face. And then looked at me and said, is there anything that, sh- that we need to talk about? You've got to be kidding me. And then he said, oh, I remember you told me you were studying for MCAT and you wanted to be a doctor. Maybe you should rethink your career choice because if you can't deal with being sick, how are you going to deal with being a doctor,
0: a physician? I would have strangled him. I would have strangled (laughs) him. That was his parting words. (laughs) Needless to say,
1: we never went back. Understood. And also when he left the room, his doctor, I mean, his assistant says, what? What do you think? And I was like,
2: "What do you mean? What do I think?" I think he
1: lied. I think he lied. I think if he was really worried about her psyche or was thinking she was stressed, he would have said, "I'm going to recommend you see my colleague, who is either psychologist or psychiatrist, whichever one he wants to do, and that um, we can help maybe figure out what's going on." But that's not what he did. Instead, he did the other thing, which tells me he doesn't believe that. It yeah. tells me that he's full of shit, and I've I'd never seen, seen gaslighting in my life. I didn't even know what was going on, like I had no clue yeah. and to hear those words and to I, we were so mad and driving home, I've never seen a kid so mad in my life <laughs> and then to end up a, two days later in this office and so in the in the end, he ended up having a deep conversation with Maddie and um had an uh, like a light bulb moment. And he's like, I, I got this, we can do this. And right before the light, before um, the IV therapy started, he got us on the phone with um, Bobby Kennedy, Jr. from Children's and, health defense um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, said, you know, Hey, once you feel better, which you will, would, would you help us, you know, get the word out and spread the word and the whole bit, because she was one of the earlier young yep. ones. Yep. And um, I was like, hell, I was prepared to sell my soul to figure this out. So sure, <laughs> like whatever you want, we'll, we'll figure it out. And so I'm still with them working with them, which is great. Um, back at the ranch, she started IV therapies. One of them I don't really know about because mm-hmm. like, he's proprietary. And then mm-hmm. a lot of things that helped her were um, like a glutathione, just getting that into her system and getting magnesium and peptides, you know, magnesium, so she could start processing D and um, peptides, amino acids, just everything her body needed and was very, very depleted of.
0: Yeah. Basically nutrients Um, at a very basic level that her body didn't have to process from food.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think what was happening also is even if you took it in, the body was so weirded. whatever this did to her, it wasn't able to assimilate as it should.
0: Yeah. It couldn't absorb anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so she was just, it. yeah, left, right, center, it was messed up. We also noted for the, um, for people who are listening and something to think about on your own end, if you had um, taken this, um, when Maddie's cycle came. So every time the cycle was up, that's yep, when yep. we ended up in the hospital because it would make her symptoms so bad. They were unbearable. And, okay. and now she's, you know, we're probably close to 500 days out. Um, or maybe, maybe not quite that far, maybe like 450 um, days out. And yes, I normally have the exact number when I do these things. (laughs) Um, she has really weird periods still. And, um, they either last a long time and they spot or she doesn't have them for months. So it definitely affected that. And I think a lot of people, um, had weird periods or heavier or, and didn't correlate the two. And I do believe there's definitely a direct correlation only because of how many people with a with that post that went and like 8 million people have viewed it now and talked I mean, to me.
0: There's actually been scientific papers that show that the vaccine is found at least up to 60 days in the testes and the ovaries and other places, the lungs and the brain, and they never went past 60 days. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that uh, you're telling me that at all.
1: Yeah, it's. It's very weird. And it also makes me very nervous for reasons that we won't say out loud. Cause I don't want to yep. curse myself or her yep. Yep. understood. Um, yeah. The so the unknowns do not make me very happy um, or for many people. Since yes. So many people took it. Um, but with her, she basically got consistently better. If we fast forward to now, she, most of the physical, most of the physical things are gone. He helped us with 90% of it. Her issues now are very cognitive. So now um, one day it might be talking to like an early onset Alzheimer's, the next day it might be talking to an ADD person that's like so severe you're like what's going on to the next day where she's super forgetful and she's almost appears Asperger's because she can't hear a lot of voices. It's hard to focus. To another day, she feels like her brain is buffering. So like when you're watching an old YouTube video and it goes, and then stops, and then sometimes it restarts. Sometimes you have to start all over again.
0: It obviously Um, sounds like a traumatic brain injury, but in the form of a shot.
1: Yes. That sounds like to me. Yes. And so exactly what she said um, about nine months ago, she's like, mom, I feel like I was in a car accident without being in the car. And that I'm going through, like, it's like physical therapy or like, you know, like you're saying, TBI. Yep.
0: Um.
1: So I am thankful that she's very young. So a lot of things I believe will be able to remap itself. And yep. um, that's where I come back to the creativity. So she is very creative. Um, thankfully, she likes to paint. She likes to do um, a lot of mostly painting. And I think that really helps because she likes to emulate what she sees and then redo mm-hmm. it. And I think that's very helpful Yeah, on, both for just the Zen part, but also for the, um, just for your brain working in a creative way. And it's like thinking skills and cognitive and yeah, having connecting the left and right detail. brain and
0: then the motor skills and all those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So many things going on there. So that's really good. She also likes to cook. So it's also, that's also a very creative outlet. Um, so basically being able to have that, not only is it a, a great outlet, but it also is a coping skill, um, because of that, um, post going viral, it really threw me into being an advocate and seeing that I was expo- exposed to this whole parallel universe of people who are abandoned and, um, we still abandoned. It's a really sad thing that in this country or anywhere in the world, actually, that people who are injured by this because it goes up against the narrative and they're trying to push it. My my feeling is, um, obviously, they don't give two hoots about the people, but in reality, if you're gonna do this, where's the safety net? Where's the um, research now to think about, okay, this is what we should do for these people. Or whereas they're reaching out and saying, Hey, can we have your medical record, which they can easily access without asking, but can we have these, can we get some blood work? Can we see, can we like figure this out? They don't
0: want and, to though, because if they do, clearly. if they research that, then they admit fault. If they, right. if, you know, and they're like, Oh, you know, people are now distrusting the COVID vaccine and now they distrust, you know, all yeah. vaccines. Well, that's because parents and, you know, even adults who are given vaccines, um, were never given proper informed consent. You ask most doctors prior to this, they didn't know what VAERS was the vaccine adverse mm-hmm. event reporting system. They had no idea what it was. They had no idea what was in a vaccine. You go ask your doctor, um, just a flu shot, asking about the flu shot. It's been around forever. Uh, they can't tell you what's in it. They're just going to tell you, Oh, it's safe. Um, very few people are given proper informed consent. And now that patient, you know, patients are asking, parents are asking, you're asking, and you're demanding informed consent, they're scared because yes. by law, they have to give it. And when they can't, somehow the patient becomes the villain,
1: mm. yeah, which is the strangest thing to me. But and some, so the, the advocacy part came in when I started realizing people were actually afraid to ask for help for yes. their health yes they're scared that on i don't care on right. what level it is i don't care what's going on a this is should never have been political because our health should not be so number Grade. one b i don't care who you are but if you need help for your health there should never be fear aligned with that maybe mm-hmm. fear with like oh shit it might be something bad may i get that fear. right we but not the fear from asking and I should never be vilified or shamed or whatever or or any
0: of those things.
1: Yep. None of it. And when you keep going even further to have physicians, like I've asked them to ask me for help. I mean, rephrase. I've asked physicians that to assist me with advocating for other patients to try to help either not let them get shots if they have issues or whatever reason I need help from a physician. Not one of them will help me and it isn't helping me. It's that they can't because as soon as they help, like you said earlier, they will be um, um, investigated and they'll lose their ability to make their living. And they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. So it's really hard for me to get mad at physicians. I wanted to at first, but I couldn't because it's the, it's the system has progressively made this weirdness that they fell fall into when they're very young. They probably don't know better who does know better when you're 22 getting into med school. You yeah. fucking don't know shit about shit.
0: Yeah, I, mean, right? I, I didn't know any better when I was going into grad school. I thought I was doing the right thing, making vaccines. Like I thought I was saving the world.
1: Yeah. So that said, I can't get mad. I can get mad later if they can't leave, and then there must be reasons or whatever. But what I'm super mad about is the fact that the system makes it where they can't do their job.
0: I'm only mad at the ones that, when you lay out this roadmap of that that timeline that you can clearly lay out, mm-hmm. and they continue to gaslight you. You know, you give them all these people. And they basically tell you you're wrong when they're presented with evidence and they refuse to believe it. Then I get Mm -hmm. mad at those people, (laughs) excuse me, because, because then, you know, then, you know, when you're choosing not to do anything and Mm -hmm. doctors can leave and Mm -hmm. they can form PMAs and practice without a license, they can do these things, but it's hard. And a lot of people don't want to do something hard because yeah, it's scary. And it's new. and so yeah. they just it takes courage. They, it does. It takes a lot of courage. And so they just do the cop out of, Oh, I can't do that. Or, Oh, I'm going to lose my job or, Oh, I'm not going to have money. I guarantee you doctors, like you said, Dr. Giuseppe and other doctors, if they Dr. started, yeah. they started promoting, you know, we don't take insurance. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't have my medical license because they took it from me. You're going to have more pay and why they took it from you because you wanted to write a medical exemption. You, they would have patients for days. They wouldn't, they'd have to hold off the patients because so many people want this help and there's ways, but they're afraid to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you're, I, I, I would agree with 90%. Um, I know that um, Dr. Galili. one of the things he does say is that I'm not beholden to pharma and nor insurance companies. And he goes, that, that's why I'm, I am expensive, which yeah. he is. It's also where he's at. Um, you're in Sunset Boulevard. You might be expensive. It's possible, you know. Yeah. But let's think about this. He's in an area where he says very clearly listen, this is what I do. I do this 100% to find out what the problem is
0: the root and cause. fix yep.
1: the problem instead of slap a bandaid on it and say, see you next month. He doesn't do that. His idea is to fix you. So you don't come back. Yeah. You know, until we have something else, but the idea is to fix the problem. And so I think you're right in a lot of senses. And I think a lot of um, it's, I think we're going to see a big change in the healthcare industry after this. I think COVID has, is going to (laughs) backfire in a lot of ways. A lot of people are like, Hmm this is kind of fishy, you know, Yeah, basically everything's kind of fishy. So there's that. One of the things that I do realize is that, um, this is causing a lot of mental health issues. Absolutely. Um, I'm watching it in my own child, but I've watched it in people that I met. I've been screenshotting a person who I've been talking to since October because there are days when I think she's going to take her life. And I want to prove that she would never have done that. And I want to eventually give this all the stuff that I've taken pictures of to her family so that they can maybe use it as a civil lawsuit. Um, I feel like um, that along with the fact that um, they're abandoned, I feel like that is something where we need to have um, some sort of a support group, which is something that we're doing now in, in collaboration with CHD that. Shocking to me that this was never done before because the injuries have been going on since the 1960s, for sure, that that are absolutely known. But it took until this pandemic where the whole global is, the entire world is involved with the same issue at the same exact time. Um, Having somewhere to go where you have resources or where you can just talk to other people that are dealing with the same darn thing. Absolutely. So you don't feel alone and crazy Absolutely. and having coping skills for the mental health thing. So we're doing that. Um, that's going to be alongside with CHD. It's taken us a lot longer to do than we anticipated, I think, because we're realizing it's so much bigger than we thought. Um, but, you know, Maddie has never said, why me in this entire thing? Um, she's never said that out loud to me. And I feel like once we're able to launch this, this, it is the why her, because um, the need is so great for something so mad was done because of the mom that lost her 13 year old daughter.
0: Mother's getting drunk Uh, driving. Yep.
1: Right. And um, it became the largest, most um, well-loved, well-respected nonprofit in the world. And I think that this issue, this is huge. And while it's polarizing, I think there's a necessity for creating something like this um, community. So it's going to be it's going to be called Vic. Um, It's vaccine injury community or injured. I'm sorry, community. And basically, the idea is to have a spot, too, that's non-censored so that they can just talk freely. And then there's there's a way to connect the new moms or new parents or new people that are injured with people like myself like a mentor I love that yeah exactly so there's someone to say you know what you're you may think you're totally gone nuts or you can't get through but we can do it you know and then also that they have people in their corner you know yeah all around the world and Maddie made friends I mean once all these people get healthy she has friends do you want to say hi (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: like on live? i'm on a podcast yeah Come she's here. on a
0: podcast What's called but you won't be no you but your uh, voice
1: will be there your voice will be there
0: hi hi i'm ellie it's nice to meet you nice to meet you too yeah. so um so i was just saying maddie how many where
1: did some friends like you met from around the world doing this
2: saudi arabia there's like little islands that i've never even heard of before <laughs> i had like, asked my mom i'm looking up on the map um Lebanon
1: yeah your friend from Lebanon yeah um
2: a lot in Canada a lot in the UK
1: lots so many in the UK it's that's odd like there's so many in the Mm -hmm. UK it's it's almost strange AstraZeneca didn't help anybody very much over there that's it's horrible but but that saying what what she's saying is I think that helped her when we were in the thick of it she was able to talk to these, these girls and these men, um, mostly young people um, from all around the world. It was like a, I don't even know for lack of better
0: words, like a squad, Mm -hmm. not the squad you want to be in, but no, no. But knowing that you're not alone, knowing that this things that you're going through, you're not the only one. You're not the only one experiencing this feeling this. Um, Yeah. 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 So
1: I think um, we saw what, how much it helped her and I having a community. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's the, the end game. And
2: yeah, I, I want to
1: make, sorry.
2: I, I also think not even just helping me and you, but I also like the second everything happened, it kind of was like overnight pretty much with like the floods of DMS and stuff. And as soon as I was able to, you know, get the the strength to, you know, message everybody back, I still have people to this day messaging me how I saved their life yes. or like, how thankful and appreciative they are of me because I answered their DM when they were having the roughest night same and stuff like that. So like, it's just even being able to help talk to people. Like for me, I'm just having a conversation, but to them, it means so much more. And so able to do that for people, I think is really cool. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And, and Ellie, I got to tell you from that, what she just said to tag team on that. Mm -hmm. There were times when Maddie would say, mom, stop because I would get like one to two hours of sleep because I'd be talking 24 seven to people because obviously I had, I, I was, I had so much anger at that point in time that I, instead of being quote unquote angry would answer all these people. And I was getting more and more blown away to the amount of injured that there were it, there is no real way to let people, your listeners know how many people that is. I could have talked 24 seven and not reached even a 10th of them. It, and I'm not exaggerating.
0: I know. I, I absolutely believe you. I, I yeah. absolutely believe you.
1: Yeah. It was, there are no words to explain that. It was incredible. So us building this and to give what happened to her, I think it happened to us because of who we are mm-hmm. and because of the first three things you asked. <laughs>
0: The first thing, the the first three things I asked her, I asked her for two. I said, tell me two of your favorite things about yourself or two things that you love about yourself. And she gave three.
1: Yeah. And they were not being a victim from my childhood. Yeah, They were being creative for sure.
0: Well, I forgot the first one. Not having angry outbursts. (laughs) Like you were angry, but like you didn't have angry outbursts. Yeah, I don't know. You did. It was very well meaning and intentioned and for good Mm -hmm. reason.
2: Yeah. I can't even count on my fingers how many times she's ever had a loud outburst. I don't even think I can count on one finger. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, it's not her thing. It isn't. And that's what that I think is super important. So to, when this happened, I think it was accumulation of maybe all the pent up anger in my whole entire life is now. And like, we have to do something about this. Yeah. Like it, it, this, I feel like is a, for lack of better words, to make a silver lining out of something so incredibly crappy, yeah, um, it t- is to create a legacy of change, and to create something that basically says we had the strength to do mm-hmm. this, and we're never stopping. We're not going away. Yeah, ever. I'm not going away. Like, I'm done.
2: And that's what I think. I used to always say to my mom, like, I like, as she said earlier, I never said why me because I always told her mom I think in a weird way even when I'd be crying bawling my eyes out I was meant to go through this path and I can't explain it I'm not like a follower of a certain like spirit or anything like I'm not religious of that sort but like I think I was put on this path for a certain reason I don't know why but I'm gonna ride with it and I'm just gonna help these people I'm gonna try to heal my own at the same time but it just felt like even though I was probably at the worst I've ever been in my life and literally the weakest I also found a lot of strength, and I was
0: also the strongest in the weirdest way. I don't know how to explain it to somebody when you're not in that position, but so <laughs> the, a listener may not understand, and I'm not going to get into my full story right now, but let's just say I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You find the most intense strength mm-hmm. when you're at your weakest.: And yes. she did. I watched it happen. Like Well, and <laughs> it, it's basically either, are you, are you going to cry about it or are you going to do something about it? And that mm-hmm. sounds really, really crass. Mm-hmm. but there's a time for, I'm not saying you can't be sad, but like be sad. And then, okay. So then what are you going to do about mm-hmm. it? What are you going to make out of this? Because it's not going away.
2: Yep. Yes. And that's what I would say to myself and others all the time. They'd always be like, why do you not feel guilty? Why are you not so hard on yourself? Why aren't you like going through this guilt and denial? And I was like, "It can't change anything. Yep. So spending the time on that is not helping me. If anything, it's taking away from my ability to heal and to grow. So I gotta put my energy somewhere else because I don't have a whole lot of energy in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. true. Yeah.
1: So true. Yeah. I, I would say too that I learned um from her, even though I say I don't get angry, mm-hmm. I, I do get angry. It's just how I express mm-hmm. anger. Yeah. I should say, right? Um the one thing I learned in this from Maddie is grace. Like I've never seen a human being. Well, I haven't seen a human being face this either. <laughs> Got a lot. Not going to lie, but I've seen a lot of crappy things in my life. You know, we do, yeah. Yeah. but I've never once seen somebody handle it with such grace, never ending, no matter what position we were in, no matter how it was like in doctor's offices, when I get so mad and I would throw an F bomb, she'd be like, mom, mom, but uh, and and like she's saying right now about not the why me and about being strong and being strong for people who are looking up at her and just this constant grace Mm -hmm. and when trolls the trolls Mm -hmm. they still come oh yeah the trolls she just had a troll they still come and the way she handles them such grace Mm -hmm. like it was such a i'm so proud of her wow, that's my kid. But also I learned a lot from my daughter in this point in time. Like I'd spent so much time being
0: the mom. And so she'd learned from me, but it,
1: it it flipped
0: and I learned a lot from her, which is I I think you were definitely both put here for a reason. You're both on this path for a reason. And honestly, the, the shittiest, most horrifying difficult stories um, those are the ones that we root for right those underdogs those and whether it's a movie or real life or whatever but like Mm -hmm. you become so strong in the end and -hmm. you know there's that cliche you know diamonds are formed under pressure and things like that and you're I think you're absolutely put here for this and part of me wants to say I'm sorry that you went through all that and then another part of me goes no she was meant to (laughs) and so like I want to say sorry but I don't and I'm sorry you went through the pain because that sucks thank you the pain sucks yeah and I and I
1: can see you're a little bit thinking about it on your own thing because I am I'm crying a little bit because I've gone through my own shit
2: (laughs) we're gonna have Um, a moment here is that what we're doing
0: but but I, I think you and Maddie should talk I, I do. I would love to talk to Maddie. I I think I, whether I think it's on this, the or other... having a phone call because <laughs> Yeah. She so tell real fast, tell Maddie what you do, what you yes. did. Yeah. So I actually went to grad school. Um uh, I developed vaccines for potential bioweapons. And I thought they were the greatest thing. And I thought I was saving the world. And then COVID hit and I realized how bad pharma was and all the deception. Um And not to your extent, but Gardasil fucked me up a little bit. And, uh, I I have my own, and then I don't have a thumb and I've had heart surgery and hit by a car. And like, I have my, my own shit. Um, but now I do like energy healing and things like that because I recognized pharma wasn't helping people. Allopathic medicine wasn't helping people. Um, you know, it's great for trauma, but you know, being sent home from the ER when you're clearly doubled over in pain, you think you're having a heart attack. Um, I've been there, and they're just like, "Oh, you're fine," and I'm like, "I'm not fine." And they're like, "Well, we can't help you, so just go home and hope you don't die." Yeah. And it just it, <laughs> it the same thing before.
2: <laughs> they're like, "Come in if you get worse." I'm like, "We'll get worse. My organs are going to stop functioning."
0: So <laughs> right, right. Like, what do you mean get worse? I'll be on a, I'll be dead. I'll be flatlined. Like, how much yeah. worse do you want me to get? And then what are you going to do? Why can't you just do it now?
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah you two are gonna be friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it yes wow all that yeah. all that and and this again right here
0: is why yes Yeah, so, i in the, i and these stories are why i started my podcast they're called speed mm-hmm. bump and my, my podcast is called speed bumps because everyone has a story and the shit that we go through is not only meant for us, but meant for others to learn from. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I listen to people's stories on this podcast. That's all I do. Cool. Yes. I like that.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, no, thank you. thank
0: you both. I'm so glad that you were able to come in <laughs> and unexpected and I loved it. And thank you Mara for making the time. I appreciate both of you. I'd love to talk to you uh, at a later date, Maddie on here or just t- chatting on the phone. Doesn't have to be recorded. Uh, I think it would be super doll. cool to have her story because it's a completely different perspective
1: than mine. Yes, yes. And put the two so they can someone can listen to my side as the mom and someone can listen
0: to her side yeah. as the other. I it's think not it's the best great
2: bringing up like
0: chronological things because my memory is a little messed up. But- <laughs> but cool. So the first episode of my podcast, I told my story, and when I did it, I actually had to go in and type everything out because I've gone through so much that it all gets yeah. jumbled in my head, and I totally <laughs> forgot. So that's what I had to do. I, yeah. I get it. A bullet point. <laughs> but I think that just the, some
1: of the things that she went through that were that I don't even I probably don't yeah. even know myself, just thought processes she had, which yeah. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. So it would be and I I think you guys would, since you have some similarities of just shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be a good conversation.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think that that's a great podcast. I'm gonna listen to that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. I actually have to get going. Yes. Yes. So do I, but it was great talking to both of you again. Um, And if it's okay, I'll put your Instagram link, yours, Mara, in the bottom, just so people can contact you if they want.
1: That would be awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Later, I'll send you the link to the um, community as soon as that goes live.
0: Yes. Yes, please. Yes. Please get me updated on that. And I will um, keep that update on my Instagram as well. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to this wonderful episode of Speed Bumps. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.